This is previously on Lost, episode number 56, Flashes Before Your Eyes, and we are excited to talk about this Desmond-centric episode, and a little bit about the past, and a little bit about a different kind of a past in this episode for Desmond Hume here. And uh, we have three hosts with us. I am Mike. We have two more. We have Corey and Steven. How's it going, guys? Going good. Oh, it's uh, going pretty fantastic here. Anytime you get to talk about Desmond, it's a, it's a good day. So, excited. Desmond is such an interesting character, and I'm going to enjoy talking about him on this episode. Um, if you want to follow us, you guys know where we are at on social media. Check us out. And uh, we're, we're just going to – we are on the RetroZap Network, so do go to RetroZap.com, though, if you uh, want to look for any of our other shows or any more about our network at all. And uh, we're just going to dig right into the episode, Flashes Before Your Eyes. So, Stephen, why don't you tell us a little bit about this episode? All right. This was episode eight of season three, first aired on February 14th, 2007. We got a little bit of a Valentine's Day episode here. Come directed, on. directed by Jack Bender, written by Damon Lindelhoff and Drew Goddard. Um, in this episode, a suspicious and un- and determined Charlie enlists Hurley to help him wrestle the truth out of Desmond, who has been acting strangely ever since the implosion of the Swan Station. The flashback in this episode is unusual compared to others within the series. Desmond flashes back to his past and the hatch's implosion when he traveled back to the past. This time slip appears as a single narrative that stretches almost the entire episode. All right. We'll talk a little bit about that time slip uh, when we get to it. Uh, Just a little bit of facts about this episode. The art in Widmore's office has echoes of Dharma and the Lost Island. The painting behind Desmond has a polar bear, an upside-down Buddha, and the word Namaste backwards. The book Hurley is reading is Vladimir Nobokov's novel, Laughter in the Dark. It is a book about a guy whose sex addiction is his undoing. This is the first of four episodes during season three in which Jack does not appear the most of any season. On the advertisement ho- I know, advertisement hoardings of football or soccer match Desmond was watching, there were ads for Apollo Candy, the Hanzo Foundation, Oceanic Airlines, Mr. Cluck's Chicken Shack, Gannon Car Rentals, Buddy's Diapers, Radio RPR 103.5, Kronos, which is a real-life company selling Titan Dioxide, and Expose. Mm -mm. (laughs) They went all out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm honestly surprised Mr. Cluck's is a multinational corporation. I kind of figured that was just American. I'm surprised they got it on the other side of the pond. Yeah. Uh, People love fried chicken. (laughs) People love fried chicken. (laughs) That's good. Oh, let's see. So according to producers, Desmond really did travel back in time, and the events he relived occurred in 1996. 
Yes, so. that's uh, that's an interesting point. I did not expect <laughs> that uh, to be right there in the the beginning, but uh, we're gonna, we're definitely going to discuss that because that's a really yep. important part of this episode. And I think whenever the producer producer said that, I think it was a lot of questioning whether that was true or not when this came out, and and maybe I think a lot of people did not even think that was uh, was was possible. So uh, we'll get into that. As far as uh, our time on the island, we are still on day 73 on the island, which is uh, kind of where we were last week as well. And we have previously unlost. So, you know, this is everything that we, we were shown right before the episode. Uh, Locke sees Desmond running naked in the jungle. Hurley finds Desmond in the jungle, still naked. And uh, he, maybe he's not <laughs> naked, actually. <laughs> and he predicts Locke's speech. And then Locke gives the speech, and Hurley looks at Desmond, surprised. And then Desmond builds a lightning rod to prevent lightning from striking Claire's tent. That's it. We're just kind of setting up a little bit of Desmond stuff. And it's interesting. You, you, you kind of forget, if you're a big Lost fan and you watch, you've watched this series over and over again, you kind of forget, like, Desmond as he's not really trusted, you know, in the, in the losties camp at this point where they don't really know who he is because he becomes like so integrated into the lost, uh, you know, group here. Um, even, you know, a few more episodes in that you kind of forget how they don't necessarily trust him, um, for a while there. So, uh, where do we want to start here? Do you, I mean, actually I have a suggestion. I feel like we kind of have to start, like this is like there's only like one thing that really happens. Like maybe we should just take this chronologically and set up the beginning of the episode and then get into the flashback. What, what do okay. you guys think? I think we should do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Because there's not much on island, quote unquote, you know, <laughs> stuff here. Right. So it so it starts off. I think it's uh, Charlie and Hurley are ransacking Sawyer's stash. And uh, it's you know never a good idea. Like don't don't, don't get in Sawyer's stash. He's gonna be he's gonna be pretty mad. And then Desmond shows up, and Desmond is like the envoy that's coming in to be like, hey guys, come out here. We gotta we gotta talk to you guys. Um, which is kind of cool to see. Desmond is is being sent in as the messenger. And Locke and Saeed have a little speech w- w- uh, to explain what happened to uh, Mister Echo. Uh, what, what do you think about this? You know, I mean, Stephen, you're our local Mr. Echo uh, expert here. <laughs> well, again, I I definitely had a problem with them just burying Echo out in the out in the jungle and not with at least the rest of the tailies. But I I felt like having Saeed as part of that group that they brought them out to kind of gave it a little bit more weight. Um, if it was just Locke, I mean, we know how unpredictable Locke is. I'm sure Charlie does. And then this Desmond, who he doesn't know very well. If it was just those two, it'd be one thing. But I feel like Saeed being there, going along with this, kind of gave, at least to Charlie and, and Hurley, would give it an air of credibility that it wouldn't have if he wasn't there. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, and they did make a point, which I didn't think of, where the people, the, the you know the, the people living there at the camp, they're already so afraid of the others. You know, we have kind of the main leaders of the group. Um, a few of them are still captured. You know, 
Michael and Walt, they don't really know. I guess they, I guess Hurley informed them. You know, they're they're gone. And on top of that, now everybody knows that the the sailboat has been taken by the others, and that Sawyer or that uh, that uh, Saeed and Son and Jin lost the sailboat. So they're worried about an attack by the sea that they're going to have like people coming in from the the ocean, and you know they could come in the middle of the night. Now they're going to be freaking out again about the monster, the smoke monster. Their point is like they don't need to be scared about an attack from out here as well. So it it made me I was like okay that sounds somewhat reasonable. Yeah, and- I, I I get that. I I um kind of going backtrack just a little bit. I think I think with Saeed being there as well, it just it was interesting that when Locke said it was a. You know, the the island demanded the sacrifice <laughs> that Saeed just went along with that. That's very unlike Saeed to go along with something like that. Um, and you can even tell on his facial expressions that he wasn't really sold on when he really wanted to go along with that. Yeah, the I well, you said the island killed him, which is pretty cryptic, but you know what it means, right? Which I I, I kind of like that line too. They it was kind of in the background because Desmond had already started, you know, moving toward. You know, we were kind of focused on Desmond, but in the background that, you know, Locke was still saying it's either I forget whether it was Charlie or Hurley, but it's like when they you know at first he didn't when they said what do you mean the island killed him and, and he said you know what that means. So I I thought that was kind of an interesting line there the you know it's like you you know what it means it's a smoke monster you know um so i don't charlie, know yeah charlie should know more than anyone he uh he encountered the smoke monster a few <laughs> times yeah and he he he's done a lot with the island so obviously he's going to expect uh expect some stuff from that but yeah so then you so you had that you had you and then you, you what what you hear you have uh, you have him hear some you have Desmond kind of in there and he's just kind of looking around he's looking he's looking everybody's watching him and he just darts he gone <laughs> and he heads all the way back to the beach and he just jumps into water and uh, come to find out he rescues Claire and and. Gets Claire back. Of course, Charlie is all worried about Claire because you know it's Charlie, and uh, and and Desmond saves Claire because Claire was drowning, and that's where we get to the end of that part. What, what did you guys think about this scene about Desmond's actions? Dude, I, I love it. I, it's such a like such a fun like fast paced. It's just a great opening. It's just like everything. It's just amazing, you know. It just sets up. It's such a cool way to start a TV episode. And you're like, it sets up this weird mystery. That it's like exciting. It's fast paced. You know, the plot is moving, and then you get Hurley's great line there. You know, that dude sees the future, <laughs> which you think is like total BS. Like, oh, he just says it like straight up like that. But yeah, it's it's turns out to be pretty true in a way. <laughs> I think it's a classic opening to an episode for sure. Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, where 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 does it sh- where does it shoot to next? I, I can't remember uh, after he saves well, Claire. Well, then I think it's the um, you know Charlie and Hurley are trying to figure out what's going on with him, and they they devise the plan to uh, 
to get him drunk and that's and right get, get him to tell the truth and, and i gotta say this was fun this the you know charlie and and hurley had all ulterior motives but just seeing our characters sitting around the campfire singing their you know songs about pirates and and whatever it, it, that's just a, a fun little scene it didn't last too long but i, I thought that was a lot of fun Gr- Girls with one leg and a heart full of gold or something like that. Heart of gold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, the the added dimension of the McCutcheon whiskey, which we don't understand when when they first start drinking it, why Desmond had the reaction he did. And then when we actually see the reason why he had that reaction, it just makes the scene even better. Like, the whole McCutcheon whiskey of it all, I, I thought, really added a lot to this episode. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, uh, Charlie, you know, is a, pretty, is a pretty good plan, knowing Desmond. Uh, Desmond <laughs> is just, uh, you know, likes to, to, to tip the bottle back a little bit. <laughs> Let's just get him drunk. He'll tell us, tell us the truth. So. <laughs> Uh, I also think it's funny that this is supposedly such an expensive bottle of whiskey, and Desmond's like, "All right, let's pop this cork. We're drinking straight from the bottle." <laughs> and they pound it, man. <laughs> they, they, the, between the three of them, they drink the whole thing. So. I think that just adds to it. I mean, I, I think when once you see what you know what. Widmore said to him about it. I think I think he enjoys drinking it out of the bottle even more. Yeah, Widmore says he's not worth one swallow. So, <laughs> so let's yeah. just chug it from the bottle. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, so they they drink, they sing, they do do all this stuff, and then finally Charlie he thinks he's hit his opportune moment, and he says, "You know what? What happened? Uh, How did you know Claire was?" was drowning and you know desmond tries oh i could hear and then he's like so you hear the lightning too and he's really coming at him and then desmond just is like kind of nonsensically to them like talking about stuff like flashes you know or not flash but i can't remember exactly what he says but they just think like oh crap he's like too drunk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's when he starts to kind of freak out uh you know you don't want to know what happened to me. You don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> and it, uh, it just goes right into this very unique flashback. Um, yeah. Yeah, it skips right into Desmond turning the key. So we get all the lead up, like the hat shaking, all that stuff. We get him saying, you know, I love you, Penny, turns the key. And so, you know, when you first watch this episode as a Lost fan, I think you are kind of like, programmed to think of it like a flashback and right but once you've seen it a few times and you kind of understand the way they're doing it like you're supposed to take take it to be like he turns the key and desmond turning the key like right there his consciousness is now back in 1996 where this flashback picks up so well, I, you know, I, I think it's interesting you use the word consciousness there. And and I think that's how I took it. Whereas, you know, the, the comment we had in the episode facts, I like I don't remember the producer saying that. But, I mean, I think there's a difference between your consciousness traveling back in time 
and actually traveling back in time. And yeah, I, I think his consciousness going back is is a more accurate statement. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what the producers were, were saying as well, which is kind of the, kind of the way Desmond. Uh, this is the way Lost did time travel at first. It, you know, things are going to change in a couple of years, uh, <laughs> seasons. But this, right. I mean, it was such a unique way uh, to do things, and Desmond was uh, kind of the the this uh, exception based on his time in the hatch and and basically, you know, being exposed. When Desmond turned the key, like that is what, you know. I mean, it could have kicked him back back in time because we obviously know that once that once that key was turned, the island moves through time and you know time and, and, and area and that kind of thing. So maybe when he turned that key, it kind of threw him back into nineteen ninety six. So, so like, I, I know we got to go through the actual flashback, but. I guess here's my question from the the flashback. The penny that we know that finds Desmond on the island in the future. In her mind, did Desmond break up with her after buying the ring and backing out of the ring the way uh, Eloise Hawking described? Or did he break up with her after taking the picture the way we saw it? What What do you think the actual Penny Widmore that we meet, what is her reality? Wow. That's a, that's a tough question get, there. Get, <laughs> get, 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 get a little deep tonight there, Steven. That's, that's <laughs> well, that, an intelligent this question. Is, this is one of those episodes that, I mean, I, I love Desmond episodes. They're, they're just, they, they're mind blowing, twisting episodes. And I think that's why, I mean, everybody likes them so much. And I like what we saw here was awesome, but it's like, is that actually what happened? Is this a case of whatever happened always happened? Because this doesn't seem like that because, you know, Eloise said, no, this isn't how it happened. So I don't know what to make of it. Like, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm just kind of wondering, you know, where you guys, what you guys think on that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my thought is the picture definitely exists. Like they took the picture. Like that is something that Desmond already had. So I feel like that happened. I feel like it happened that way. I don't know if it really matters because does she even see the ring? Does he show her the ring? No, he doesn't. So she doesn't really know either way if he has the ring or not. Right. I think. I I think I think I think a lot of things change. Like I don't think he I don't think he ever of course we know in this timeline he bought the ring, but I don't think in the other timeline he ever bought the ring. I just have a feeling he he never bought it. He chickened out, like Eloise well, said. And you all you also have to consider what I mean Mrs. you know Miss Hawking, she could be lying. You know, cause she could be he could be blowing smoke and you can't really trust anything she says, even if it's not meant to. If she's saying like, "Oh, you you weren't supposed to do it this way," like maybe she's just completely making that all up. Like, who knows what guided her? And we're going to talk about that at some point. But like, what? Like, how was she there for that? Like, how did she get to that point to know to be there? <laughs> right. <laughs> um. 
That's a tough question, Stephen. It's a really good question to to think about, though. I would I would lean towards saying that. Crap, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, man, Stephen. I would. <laughs> so, okay, here's how I used to interpret this. Uh, I used to think of this episode as like Desmond. This is a flashback showing like what happened for Desmond, like in the past, and Desmond is reliving it because of what happened um, in the hatch and stuff. So like this, so my, my thought was always like, this is like past Desmond and he's like getting these like weird, like images where he's like remembering a hatch and he's remembering pressing the button, but he's still really like, this is still really the the Desmond from 1996. He's just like kind of confused. It's like, you know, the wires are getting crossed a little bit and then it's, he feels like he can make a choice, but he can't really. That he can really. It's it. It's almost as if, and I kind of put this in my notes too. I think this is like kind of like an initial version of like a flash sideways, um, where 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 they where of course we know what ha- why they're doing it in the flash sideways, but when you look at the flash sideways, they their lives are a whole lot different when the plane lands because just because of small choices that that were made. And I think with small choices that were made here with Desmond, like his life was starting to turn out differently until he realized, you know what? I can't go through with it this way. I've got to go back and do it the way it was supposed to be done. And that, that's why, of course, he, 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 he breaks it off with Penny in this timeline. But I think this was kind of like an initial Flash Sideways version. Um, before we see that in, in, you know, in three seasons from now. Yeah, there's definitely some crossover. Like, there, I think there's some inspiration from this to the to the Flash Sideways. And Desmond so. Desmond is a big part of the Flash Sideways as well. He's he's like the exception. But he's yeah, constant. I, I, yeah. The question is, could could Desmond really have changed the past? You know, so in theory, yes, he could have changed something here. His consciousness right. is, tra- is transported back in time. Like he's actually there. Like he actually time traveled there, but as Eloise says, like the future, you know, time in th- things have the universe of sort has a way of course correcting itself. So I'm not sure. Like things can kind of change a little bit here and there, but they are not totally going to change. So one well, out, one out. She said that if he doesn't go back, we all die. Yeah. Again, I don't know if I can believe anything she says, but yeah, I, she thinks that he needs to go there to press the button because that's important. And maybe she's right. Maybe if he didn't press the button, something would have happened. And in the end, he does become a, a key cog in the whole uh, way to take down the Man in Black. So that could be what it is, too. Yes. But, you know, just as like, start from like that that first moment it's great desmond wakes up covered in red paint on the ground he's fallen down and it's a very smart way to bring us into the episode because we don't know what to believe because because she says yeah well you don't want to mix uh alcohol and painting a ceiling like up on a high ladder you fall down you hit, hit your head and it's a great way to make us question okay like yeah, he hit his head, he's drinking, he's having these weird visions of the future instead of, of, of what it actually is. Uh, but it's cool because this is a flashback, but it also is kind of a present day storyline at the same time. 
and he has to be kind of caught up to like what's happening and then he's he seems to the interesting part though at first it seems like oh like he doesn't know what's happening but desmond like very quickly adjusts and he gets like right into the flow of things and he's gonna go do this uh this interview and and stuff um you know he hears the the microwave make the hatch sound which i love that's nice looks like a piece of crap microwave but whatever <laughs> i would love i mean i would love to have that microwave that made the hat sound <laughs> it made me scared it made me feel like i had to go push all the buttons on the mic- microwave right before uh <laughs> before something yeah. happens <clears throat> yeah it, it was um i love all the little things throughout the whole episode you know you, you had the music on the jukebox you had you had the hatch sound or the button sound on the microwave um of course, you had Charlie out there playing the guitar. Um, you had you had the McCutcheon whiskey. You, you you had a bunch of stuff, and I thought that was that was that was that was really cool to see, um, to see all the the stuff in his mind. I mean, I, I, we got to at least pay a little attention to the the Charlie on the street scene. I mean, this was so great. I, I love the line. You know, this is why we don't do drugs, kids. Just. Charlie saying that <laughs> is just so funny, and I mean, <laughs> Desmond is totally bugging out though. He, like, his eyes look like oh, he's having pop. a rough time. And what do is I know the... you, brother? <laughs> oh no! Is yeah. this the first time we learned Charlie's middle name, or do we know so. that Her- Heronimus? I don't even know how you say. It. I, I think this is the first time we learn his middle name. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that. That was weird. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> you know, I, uh, speak, speaking of uh, speaking of Widmore here, I, I kind of want to turn the corner on Widmore. Uh, I think he is probably one of the show's greatest antagonist. Because um, he's just so he's so conniving. He's so full of hate, and he's just got money to throw down to be to be this way. I, I think I think Charles Woodmore was is a fantastic antagonist in the show. What about you all? Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I the actor is so good at it. Yes. That, yeah, I mean he's just horrible. <laughs> like he, the the way he treats Desmond is just awful but he's so good at it that it yeah i mean obviously i i think we'll get ahead of ourselves the way they kind of ended the widmore story i i don't like and i think a lot of people don't like but his effect on the series as a whole he was he was a great villain i mean obviously when we start getting into the ben and widmore stuff them going back and forth with each other is great but man just the way he treats desmond is just awful (laughs) and but this scene is just the the whole you know the long story basically to tell him that you know this swallow of whiskey is more than you could make in a month i mean it's just brutal yeah he um he he's great what did you think about you think about widmore Corey? yeah i love widmore widmore is just he's such a great villain and he's also very different from ben and we get to see him kind of like working pulling the strings from afar 
and he's like he's very mysterious in a, in a completely different way. This, this wealthy industrialist, like who the heck is he? So, yeah, getting this scene, like getting this. Uh, now we have a more solid connection, or we're gonna build more a more solid connection throughout this season. Obviously, by the stuff in the in his office, uh, you can tell there's like some sort of connection to the island w- with him. Yeah, and this this scene's always heartbreaking because like at first there's this bond and Widmore is like, yeah, well, I'll have you on, you know, I'll bring you on as uh, one of these administrative roles. Um, and you, t- to me, does, does he know that Desmond is with, Pen- with Penny? Is that, is that part of this? It seems like it, he knows that they're, they must be dating. That's why he's going to let him have the job. Um, I mean, not that it really matters. But yeah, that that moment when he gets the whiskey out, he's about to share it, and he says, "Like you're not, like what what you're not, is worthy of drinking my whiskey." And that that line right there always gets me. It's like a freaking knife, dude. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to watch. It's it's great great scene. Widmore is a fantastic character, and this is like one of his uh, defining scenes here. Like I think this scene. It was so it was just like so well done that they're like, all right, we need more of this guy. We're going to have him be a huge part of season four. Like like and uh, it cemented him on the show for a long time. You know, whether he lived up to his his uh, storyline in the end, you know, that's uh, you know going to be discussed. Uh, it's left to be to seen to be whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then Desmond's like, uh, I just always remember that that scene, and then Desmond like ripping off his tie and like throwing it down like <laughs> that. It's just so memorable to me. Right yeah. after the interview. Okay, I wasn't paying that close of attention. What does what did Desmond do? Like, what was Desmond's occupation before this? Because uh, I don't. No, he, I don't know. Do we ever find yeah. out? Because I guess he had been. Is this before? This is before he goes into the military because he does this afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And but this is he had been a monk. He had been a monk at this point. I'm not sure if he yeah. has it on his uh, resume or not. Well, he gave up that. <laughs> that he, he gave up the ability to be a monk when he moved in with Penny Woodmore. Yeah. When you get fired from. Uh, being a monk, I don't know if you put how, it on your how, resume anymore. <laughs> how do you how do you get fired from being a? Never mind. I ain't gonna. I'm. We're not even gonna start that. We're <laughs> drinking, drinking all the wine. <laughs> I mean, this guy. Oh, that's funny. No, he didn't join the military though until after he broke up with Penny. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah, on on this rewatch, I I was kind of surprised when he was having that conversation with Woodmore and said no to military experience because. Because obviously I remembered him being in the military, and I guess I just forgot that story where, you know, kind of because of that meeting with Widmore, and then he sees the the poster about the the you know the Royal Scottish Navy, that that kind of is what led him into the military. And I guess in my mind, I kind of thought he'd been in the military earlier, but I think this is what led him to the military. Hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> um. Anything else about his flashbacks that really just kind of stood out to you all? Because 
I just I love I love the bar scene, both of them. The the when we get you know we hear the the make your own kind of music, you know, which we obviously know so well from Desmond in the Hatch, and I just I always remember these scenes where you know he's so you know it's like the if you could you know if you went back in time you could you know gamble on you know like the Back to the Future thing or like he knew what was going to happen in this game but then it didn't happen you know so then you're like okay but then it comes back and he just had the wrong night and just the heartbreak of then him you know being ready to go out and get penny back and then getting you know knocked out by the guy and then that kind of kicks him back to you Girl, know the island. it's just it's so it's it's exciting and it's heartbreaking at the same time. It's just, it's such a good scene. And both of those scenes, I, I've, all, those have always been a couple of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I love Donovan. This, the, the physicist, that, that guy's great. Yeah. I wish uh, we got more of him, honestly. Yeah. He should have been in another episode. Like he should have come back uh, to Desmond's story again. I love his line. Like, who would have predicted a drenched Scotsman would run up <laughs> at this very moment? <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. I like that he doesn't believe Desmond. You know, he, he it's you know this isn't happening. Uh, you know, like, hey, you know, you just had this bad news from your your girlfriend's uh, father, so you created this this fake world where you press a button to save the world. It's just it doesn't sound doesn't sound real. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and I, but I did love the little bits of like, oh, like, you know, is he really being able to tell the future or not? Like, you, you, they keep it, they make it unclear. Like when he, he's like, oh, and then it started raining, and it starts raining. Be like, oh, okay, I'm not sure about that. I, and when he gets the soccer he, game I wrong, think, I don't think he was telling the future. I think it was it was the fact that he he already lived it, not as much as predicting the future, but that he had yeah, already lived yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. I mean, had he okay. remembered it, but it's uh, you know, it's uh, he's from the future, you know. But then, but but then for some reason, I thought you were talking about Charlie too. How was he able to to predict Charlie's death? Oh no, I meant uh, I meant it in the other way with uh, okay, just having kind of remembered it, um, what happened. I mean, the future for the people in that. You know, present. <laughs> That's where you get in the weeds. Boy, here. this is their boy, this, their this future. Is confusing. <laughs> the future of their present. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I I always say that my favorite parts of Lost are just the the moments that they really just you know blows your mind, twists your yes. head around, and. To me, that the Eloise Hawking, the the scene when he's buying the ring, and she just says no, that that's, you know, that this isn't how it happened. I mean, that is just one of the all time great, just mind benders of, of the whole series, and and then the you know the whole scene with the red shoes when they're when they're talking and she's explaining course correcting. It's just such. It just changes the whole direction of the show honestly yeah well and it sets up the whole thing with charlie too because you know she she tells him you know of course like you said you know the universe has a way of of course correcting you know you you may he, if i would have told him 
hey, the beams are going to fall tomorrow, you know, he would have got another, he would have, he would have died anyway. Something else would have happened. And, and that's no way to live. So then we, when we go back to the island, we see him look at Charlie and say, Charlie, I'm going to do everything I can, but brother, you're, you're going to die. You know, that's, that's, um, it's the best, best we can do. And, and it, it was very, it was a good scene. I like Eloise whenever she's on the scene because she's, she's so mysterious and wise that she's just she's captivating to watch um but i hate her because she's always bringing bad news <laughs> so yeah th- th- this is the scene that is the hardest to interpret now i mean i like eloise as a character as well when she was in this episode i'm not sure how i felt about i wasn't like crazy about her uh but yeah it was confusing is she i mean desmond even says like hey is this is this actually happening? Is this all in my head? And when a character says that, it really does make you question. Usually, <laughs> when a character says that, usually it is in their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially that scene with the 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 red shoes sticking out as totally like uh, uh, Wizard of Oz right there. And it just it doesn't seem like it's actually happening, but apparently it is. Hmm. I'm so, just saying, I mean, that's what it says. Yeah, any do you guys have any interpretation <laughs> on this? I, I don't I don't know what to say. I, I'll, I'll, go ahead. I, I love Eloise Hawking and I loved it when she showed up, but I kind of feel like the more she, the more we learned about her, the worse it was. You know, I kind of feel like it was best when we just got her once or twice in a Desmond flat you know, flashback, time chart, whatever we call this. I feel like she was great in these scenarios, but the more we actually learned about the character kind of, yeah, it made it harder to explain all of it. Like she, she shouldn't know as much as it seemed like she knew in these Mm -hmm. scenarios based on how we found, you know, how, what, what we find out later, she actually knows. So I feel like less was more with her. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think it, it's a little too much. I, and she's fine. I'm she's definitely l- low on my list of, of uh, favorite characters. Um, and, you know, I the one thing I didn't wasn't crazy about her actually ended, ending up being Daniel's mother, but you know they turned it into a pretty cool story. There's a lot of interesting things that happened, but I agree with you, Stephen. Like the more explanation, the more building the story, the less some of it makes sense. Especially this flashback is confusing. As to like how she was aware to be there, like does she really own run that shop? Like what what is going on with that? So um, it could I, be explained in some way, but I did find your statement interesting that you're not sure how you feel about Daniel being the son of Eloise. I can't wait for us to get to that episode to talk about that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I think we should revisit uh, some of this Eloise stuff, like. It's it works really well for this episode for the story about Charlie this season. It'd be interesting, like once we get more Eloise, to look back on this episode and like, okay, what do we think about that now? Yeah, yeah. But as far as the whole like the universe has a way of course correcting itself, like I just thought this was the coolest way to do this time travel. It was such an interesting way to think about like going back and trying to save someone's life or. It also kind of blew up the whole butterfly effect thing because 
the butterfly effect of like you know you make one little change you go move a chair and now the course of history is completely different well this lost mythology was like no like the universe you, you go and you try to screw with something um you know you try to save the arch duke of whatever like like stop world war one and you know no he was gonna get then he would get killed you know the next day or something like that right it still happen. you know that's basically what this is saying which i thought was really interesting theory we're gonna get into that like later on they're gonna say oh maybe that's not actually the case maybe eloise was wrong so there's there's a lot of debate on it but when they presented this it was so fresh so cutting edge in my opinion it was just an awesome take on like this is when the sci-fi starts to go like oh my gosh like it's so smart like how did they think of that yeah this this was definitely a different setup and a different style of storytelling than 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 we were used to seeing at this moment um so i I thought i thought it was really good i thought it was a good discussion um so Obviously, you know, we know we know that Desmond buys the ring and he's happy. He's walking with Penny. They get the picture made. He gets the he gets the picture made of him and her in front of the the, the fake pier. I, I, I kind of think that's a fun little thing too. Like we've seen this picture so many times now. Yes. And we find out that it was just a fake background. And I just think yeah. that it's just funny. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. No, oh no, I, I I agree. I think it's hilarious. And uh, but after he sees the picture, though, he realizes, man, I I've I can't I can't um I can't go through with this. And he just like he just straight <laughs> drops Penny right there, right after the picture. Um, I mean, he he uses every book every excuse in the book. He says, I can't be with you. I can't. You know, I'm not, I'm not popular enough, or I'm can't, you know, I can't even pay for anything. You just paid for five dollars, you know, five quid for, you know, a, a picture. I can't even do that, and you know, we we just can't be together. And he just chunks the ring into the lake. Yeah, it's a heartbreaking scene to watch. Uh, Sonia Walgar does a great job, and she's super emotional, and she calls calls him out. She's like, you know, be, uh, you know have the gall to say you're just a coward that you yep. just want you know don't make these don't make it about me you know i don't, I don't even like red you know it's it's not about the paint <laughs> right <laughs> yeah let, then let's yeah let's give penny some credit too she is a good character like for everything she's gone through and just like yeah she just really you know i don't know she handles desmond she takes you know, all the bad twists and she still cares about him and she's just she's just a good character. She is. Yeah, yeah I think she's probably my favorite of the uh, the kind of what would you call them flashback or non. Uh, I mean, she's not just in flashbacks. She's uh, the, of the non island people. You know, she never appears on the island, but she gets close. She gets uh, <laughs> she gets in the ocean. So yeah, she's fantastic. I think that's one of the other good, really good things about this episode that's so strong is we get to really like take our time with Desmond and Penny. Like you get a lot of time just of them um, interacting. You know, her taking, getting the news that he, you know, about the conversation with the t- with uh, with her dad. You know, 
you smell like the pub. <laughs> just <laughs> good. It's not just like a simple, like the regular flashbacks where it's just, you know, little five minute scenes here or there. It's basically the majority of the episode. So it's good that this relationship, you know, when you think about, we just, we had the season two finale, which was very much centered on their relationship. And then this episode, that's a lot of screen time to very quickly get them kind of caught up with a lot of the other characters to where this is, uh, quickly, one of the main uh, you know love stories of the show. Yeah, it's probably one of the best love stories of the show too. Like, I don't, I don't think there's. Um, yeah, okay, by the I'm, end, I mean at this point, I think you know it's still kind right. of developing, but uh, yeah, I think. I it's mean, definitely I the best. think I think Sawyer and Ju Juliet's love story is a pretty good one too, in in part of the show. Um, I think there's a rank pretty high up. So this one, you know, you get, you get, you get it all. You get like every step right. away, pretty much. And and right. Desmond is a very flawed individual, and he has this this issue with fear and and you know cowardice. And you know, I think that's what Charlie called him earlier in the episode. He called him a coward, and that's like you know his trigger word. <laughs> Don't call him a call coward. Him a coward, and he just the Desmond just straight tackled him, just straight. Yeah. Oh, just straight rocked. It was great. It was great. You know, Charlie just has an issue with people. He just can't. He just, he has some, he likes getting tackled and punched. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was just saying, get, getting back to, you know, the, the part back on the island. I mean, I do think it's a, it's a fun twist that, you know, this whole time Charlie thinks this is all about, you know, he's helping Claire, he's saving Claire, you know, but, you know what's going on am i needing to be protective of claire how does he know all this and then it turns out the whole thing was really about him the whole time so i thought that was a fun twist at the end of the episode it was uh, you're gonna die charlie <laughs> and there's nothing he can do to stop it it's just gonna happen wow that that was good that was really good i uh i really enjoyed that I was just uh, going to say one more thing about uh, the flashback. Uh, Desmond is complaining about he doesn't have five quid uh, for the photo, and then he buys like the cheapest beer in the in the pub at the uh, at the end. Um, but he just throws the ring into the, the yeah. water. Oh, come on, man! Th and throwing throwing a ring in the water. It happens so often in movies and tv shows and it's always a stupid idea like why do people do that yeah sawyer, well, sawyer I, does it uh they, it's almost the exact same shot or part of it sawyer throws the ring juliet's ring in the in the water in season six it, at least on the at least on the island there's not a lot of resale value but in the real world I mean, yeah. come on. and she is you know she's dead it's kind of like you're it's different than when person well, still alive well here, here here's something here's something that kind of bothered me he said he didn't have money for the you know for the photo but he just got done paying like all that money for uh, all that money for um for for for, for ring and um and 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 that's probably he also, why he ain't got money for a photo <laughs> he also threw his tie on the ground and didn't he leave the tie on the ground too i mean the guy's just yeah 
throwing rings, throwing clothes. I mean, save some of that, and you might have enough money to buy a picture. Well, That's I right. guess now, now we know why Desmond's broke. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my So, goodness. yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's such a cool, like, the so- seeing, like, the soccer game and the guy actually score the goal, like, that That was pretty sweet. And then Desmond getting clocked by the, the cricket bat, right? Uh, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, a, a really, again, very smart way to end the flashback. You have to have a, some way to, to, you know, bring him out of it. You know, the head injury, and it's just, it's just enough to make it so mysterious, but, like, explain it, um, you know, to a, a little bit. And uh, we didn't talk about it, but so when he comes back to the island, we actually get what I was waiting for. We finally get the post-hatch wake-up for Desmond, where he he gets up, you know, he's naked, and he goes, he's running through the jungle, and he walks up on the hatch again, which I think this is a cooler version of, of like, discovering the hatch than the other one. Mm-hmm. And they really have some good detail on it. It looks really good. Like, I was, I thought I remembered it not looking quite as quite as detailed but it looks really nice so they did a good job with that well if you think about it now we're eight episodes we haven't seen what happened to that what's what's happened to the hatch we have well they showed eight. it a little bit in the lock episode but this right is, but they haven't really they didn't wrap it up with Desmond right for sure so absolutely yeah that's why people complained that this season like dragged out a lot of stuff at the beginning because they didn't you know, everybody split up, so this stuff wasn't all, uh, you know, Together. we weren't caught up. Right. So, he obviously, he tells Charlie, like it's been mentioned before, that, Charlie, you know, you, you, know, you, 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 can't, you can't run from what's going to happen to you. You know, it universe is always, it's always going to course correct, and, Charlie, you're going to die, man. There's, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so, with, with that being said... Um, is there anything else before we actually talk about what has died in the in memoriam section? No, no, uh, I don't think no. I have anything else. Okay, well, in the in the in memoriam section, I thought I'd add one. Um, we want to we want to take time to remember um, the, the 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 death of Charlie's hope that he'll be able to be with Claire, and um, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty uh, brutal. Brutal there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> In case you guys don't realize, we are recording. Well, it's kind of a little insight. This is a little bit after midnight for me, so uh, there's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth after midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I do think we missed one. We did. We do need an R.I.P. to uh, Mr. Red Shoes. With his bold fashion choice. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's I, funny. I see, I see people wear red Converse uh, every once in a while, and I always think of this episode. And I and I tell them, like, oh, yeah, you, guys, you like Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Usually people don't like when I make that comment. Uh, like, yeah, like I wouldn't either. Mean. <laughs> it's not mean. It's not mean. I say they're cool. It's a great movie. It's not, you know. So sorry, Mr. Red Shoes. You have died if you ever see him walking by scaffolding i hope we get to see Corey just dive and knock them out of the way and the red shoes save them from the scaffolding (laughs) Mm. Mm. 
Mm. They'll probably sue me for pushing them out of the way. Probably. You know, <laughs> saving your life, brother. Uh, <laughs> Sent so bad. Steven, we missed one thing, though. In memoriam, they really killed that bottle of Gutchin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they destroyed that thing. Oh. I, re- I really want to know the the uh, suggested retail price on the McCutcheon. If it's if that little swallow is more than he could make in a week, I, I want to know what that equals out to in actual dollars. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously thousands. Yes. I needed them to, to create a number and it didn't happen. So, all right, let's get to rating this thing. Um, this week we're gonna we're gonna rate it from one to twenty three uh, failed jewelry store salespersons. I mean, Eloise Hawking here. I don't know what she was doing. The the sale was closed. She if she actually owned that jewelry shop, she just cost herself a. She was trying to cost herself a sale. So I, I don't know what she was doing, <laughs> but. Uh, Mike, what would you, how many uh, jewelry store salespersons would you give this one? I gave it 21 out of 23. And uh, the only reason I cannot give it a perfect score um, is because there are only certain episodes to me that are just, that, that are perfect and you know, get that score. So even if there wasn't a ton of stuff wrong, and this episode, there really didn't have a lot wrong. I think it was kind of just, Dumb little little things, to be honest, um, that I that, that 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 I picked apart. Um, whether it be oh, I can't pay for a picture, but I just you know paid who knows how much you know money on 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 a ring, and then he goes like kind of like you said and threw through the ring, and <laughs> it just lost this. I just I can't quite give it a perfect score. I don't know why, but I just cannot quite give it. But it comes pretty darn close with the twenty one out of twenty three. I mean, that's a pretty good episode. So, uh, all right, we got a good score there. And uh, Corey, how about you? Yeah, I'm gonna give this uh, good old 22 out of 23 failed jewelry store salespersons. So, yeah, uh, I first had it at 23. It pains me to not give it a perfect score because it's a Desmond episode, and it's really you know for me they're all perfect right <laughs> but, uh <laughs> i'm getting tired here too but no oh my. i i love i love desmond episodes i marked this down just a little bit because of some of the the uh maybe the continuity stuff with the eloise hawking yeah. things but you know on a different day maybe i'll give it a perfect score it's such it's such a good episode i was just trying to take my my desmond bias out of it to you know give it a little bit of a, a mark there but it's so good you know <laughs> What about you, Stephen? All right. Well, speaking of perfect scores, I am going to give I'm going to give this one a perfect score. Twenty three out of twenty three. Wow. Um, I am I am going to give in to my Desmond biases. The the Desmond episodes are just my favorites of the series. I think I gave the season two finale a perfect score with Desmond, and and this one as well. This is one that I mean. I, uh, you know, I haven't ranked them, but I, I would say this may be in my top five episodes. Like this is oh wow, okay. I've always at least top ten. I've always loved this episode. 
Um, still, still do held up on rewatch. I, I loved it. So 23 out of 23 for me. Awesome. All hey, right. We're all, we're all in the twenties on that. That's a pretty yeah, high, good. high uh, <laughs> aggregate there score. Well, I, I will tell you that there is an episode coming up that will get a perfect score for me. Uh, even I even haven't watched it yet, but it's already going to get a perfect score. And, uh, just because it, it can. It's obviously Stranger in a Strange Land. So we'll be looking oh, for that. You know, that's you know, that's a complete twenty three out of twenty three. I mean, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. Well to end this thing out, uh, we do have kind of one end it's not really much of an unanswered question, uh, but we talked about Miss you know, we talked about Eloise Hawking. How does she have her foreknowledge? Um, we do know we kind of see that a lot of her foreknowledge comes from Daniel's journal. Um, which came to her through time travel, which we'll find out in the variable. Uh, but this would not explain the full extent of her knowledge, especially that her knowledge pertained to her meeting with Desmond. Um, some people think that she may have derived some of her knowledge from Jacob, who assigned her as kind of like a temporal policeman. Um, I mean, is there anything else to add to this, or is she just pretty much Jacob in Daniel's journal? Is that what you guys think, too? Uh- yeah, it just it seems like there's got to be more to it than that, and and yeah, I mean, I, I think it, this would be good to revisit maybe as we, as we get more of her later on in the series because, um, yeah, I, I don't know that it's really ex- ever explained well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree Th- that that satisfies me more than I thought. Um, I think that's a pretty good explanation. The journal is a huge part. And then, oh yeah, Jacob could have could have assigned her to it. You know, obviously that's uh, that helps as well. But you know, it's not really explained explicitly. So you know, it says it's ambiguous. Uh, so um, yeah, it'd be nice if there was a little more to it to to make that clear. All right. Well, Sawyer's name dictionary didn't move because we didn't really have Sawyer. Uh, but we do have some pop culture connections. Uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The Admiral McCutcheon that Charles Warren mentions to Desmond was a character from the remake film of the classic 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, Adewale Agbaje, who played Mr. Echo, played a character name, named Cabe Addicts in the remake of the film. Um, the Spanish Cup, the soccer match that is shown, is actually footage of the Spanish Cup final in 1989 between FC Barcelona and Real Madrid. The goal scorer is the famous Danish player Michael Laudrup. Um, Stephen Hawking, uh, Mrs. Hawking, of course we mentioned this on the last one too, uh, shares her last name with the physicist Stephen Hawking. Uh, we talked about that really already. Um, building a Mystery. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin's uh, Building a Mystery was played in the background while Desmond was getting ready for his job interview. Uh, we talked about make your own kind of music. We've heard that before on uh, Man of Science, Man of Faith, uh, Adrift, and Live Together, Die Alone. Uh, Laughter in the Dark. This is the book that is found in Sawyer's stash. Is Laughter in the Dark by Vladimir Nabokov, which we see Hurley reading. Playboy and Penthouse. The title of Sawyer's fictional pornography magazines is Play Pen, a contraction of Playboy and Penthouse. The fictional adult magazine title has also appeared on Scrubs, Married with Children, Family Guy, That 70s Show, and Kyle XY. Uh, Wonderwall. Uh, Charlie performs Oasis's Wonderwall when Desmond encounters him on the street. As Desmond approaches Charlie on the street, he sings, Maybe You're Going to Be the One That Saves Me. 
a reference to the fact that this that it is Charlie that Desmond is trying to save. Charlie's band Drive Chef appears loosely modeled on Oasis. Um, let's see. Namaste, Polar Bear Buddha. Charles Wilmore's office has several paintings. Includes Namaste, a polar bear, and an upside-down Buddha. And then the Wizard of Oz. The man wearing the red shoes gets killed. His legs poking out of the wreckage, reminiscent of the ruby slippers that crushed the Wicked Witch of the West. So that... Of the East, the, actually, right? Of the East. So Cause that the, cause is... Because the West one survives, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, y'all! It is late. Can we tell that? Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> I try to remember. <laughs> no, uh, but this is. Hey guys, it's been great. This has been. Um, we 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 have talked about the this wonderful episode. Flashes for your eyes. So, with all that being said, Corey, what is our next episode that we just cannot wait to talk about? Drum roll. A stranger, or actually, stranger in a strange land. Ooh. Finally. We get to know what happened to Jack's tattoos. I've been waiting for this for so long. Everybody's Gosh. wanted to know. What do they mean? What did they mean? Um, this this episode is usually the butt of uh, many jokes about Lost. Widely considered um, and widely agreed by many people to be the worst episode of Lost. Mm. I'm going to say it's not. I'm going to say this is better than episodes we've already seen, and it's better than maybe a couple we're yet to see. Um, I think the flashback is is pretty stupid, but I think some of it is is worthwhile. I don't think it's. Uh, I actually watched some of it the other night. After I watched this, I just let it keep playing, and that, you know, just I found it entertaining. So, you know, yep. Jack's been on a roll lately, and we might get some more uh, Tom. We've been uh, enjoying uh, the Tom that we've had. Uh, Come on, <laughs> involved, I like so. some Tom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, guys. Listen, this has been great, and uh, looking forward to next time here on Previously on Lost. So, until next time, take care, stay safe. Please don't run around the jungle naked. Put some clothes on and have fun. Peace out, everybody. See you in another life. Have a good one.